0: I will say this, having been on the radio for nearly 30 years, every time I have done what I believe to be the most brilliant bit ever, yep. no one has ever heard it. But if I screw up once, <laughs>
1: They're right everybody's on it. heard it. Hey, I heard that <laughs> thing today. What the <laughs> bleep happened? I was going to say, nobody listens that closely except for trolls. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here we are, time to sit down again, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian Me, I am a licensed mental health counselor. Brian has had a long journey with mental health and dealing with things and also going to therapy and really getting a lot out of it. So we decided, hey, let's do a podcast, get to the bottom of some of this stuff, get rid of some of the stigmas around mental health, really help people and encourage them to get some therapy when they need it.
0: And lucky for you, I didn't drag you along on my journey. (laughs) That was another therapist problem. That was someone else. Yes. But I'm glad to be here with you. And you have a very interesting topic for yeah. this week.
1: Episode number 40, Courtney. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Time is a-rolling. So, yeah, I thought this was interesting because right now a lot of people, we're dealing with the monotony of dealing with this pandemic. We are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. But we've been through this for a year now, and it's really just wearing on us. And a lot of times when things are wearing on us, we want to shake things up. We want to make some different changes in our life. And also because of the pandemic, a lot more people, I guess it was a, recent poll, six out of 10 Americans are saying they are planning to carpe diem. They're going to seize the day when this is all done. They just want to get some things done, make some changes in their lives and live to the fullest and really appreciate things. But I'm thinking some people want to shake it up now. And when we're in this pandemic and we're dealing with things, I thought a great topic would be talking about how do you know when it's the right time to make major changes in your life? Is it a response to the emotional stuff that's going on right now and the restlessness? Or is it something that we really, truly, should open up to and make some changes.
0: And is there a danger to shaking things up Mm -hmm. too much? And let me play armchair therapist right now, if you don't mind, and I will form it as a question to you. Do you feel as if people sometimes want to do this because they have felt as if for so long now they have no control Mm -hmm. over anything that is going on, so then suddenly they might overcompensate and say, I'm going to do something so off the charts big here. Regardless of the circumstances, or maybe not thinking it through, is there a danger of that happening? And is that what's behind it?
1: That's the thing. I would never discourage people from making positive changes in their life. But I think the big thing to look at here and shine the light on is to say, what is this in reaction to? Is this because you've been feeling a certain kind of monotony about things for a while and you just want to change things up because it's just hard to tolerate this sameness going on and some of these emotions? Well, I want to normalize it because, of course, we're all going through this where it's like, oh, my gosh, is this ever going to end? And we do need to put things in our life that we can look forward to and And that we can make some small changes here and there to make our lives better. But yeah, really looking at that and saying, is this something that pre-pandemic I wanted to do? Was this something that I can do right now and get support around to help me through the transition? And really, have I sat down and given it enough thought and reflection? Or is this kind of a knee-jerk reaction to how I'm feeling right now? So these are the kind of things I wanted to talk more about today.
0: And you do hear sometimes about people who run away from their problems, Mm -hmm. or at least attempt to do so. The reality is there is no escaping life in that particular way. You can move really far away. I mean, sometimes it is healthy to get certain people out of your life Mm -hmm. and we know that a lot of marriages have ended over the course of this pandemic. Let's take the Kelly Clarkson example Mm -hmm. there where maybe it just got to be too much and maybe the relationship got exposed in ways where it hadn't been previously. Mm -hmm. So you hope that that's the reason behind that and it's not just some kind of a jerk because everything just feels so out of control. And in an attempt to get that control back, maybe you do something rash.
1: Right. And maybe some of the cracks in the foundation are showing more because we're home together more. We have to communicate more. We have to work together all of us are going through this anxiety and some of these mood changes and stuff because of all this. We need to learn how to work together. And maybe in some marriages, they've seen that it wasn't working. So yeah, there's a lot to consider. I always talk to my clients about wise mind. So we have the emotional side of things. We should always acknowledge our emotions. We have the logical way of working things out. But the wise mind is where both of those kind of where they overlap. And when I talk to my clients about wise mind, I say, you know what, go to a place where you acknowledge your emotions, but you're also able to stop, put a pause and look at what are your options? What are you looking at to change and look at what the consequences are? And there's consequences to not changing, too. So that is something that's really important to sit with. So going to wise mind is one of the ways that you can kind of sort through and say, is this really about external pressure? Maybe other people are thinking I should make certain changes changes or I feel pressure in that way. Is the change that I want to make aligned with my values? Is this something that really is a reflection of something that I've been wanting to do? So these are questions to ask yourself. And I think using wise mind and also using what we call the higher self, which may be your future self. What would my future self five years from now say about these decisions now? A lot of times we already know. I'll have clients present certain things to me and I'll ask them, what does your higher self say? Oh, well, my higher self says I probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, then you answered your own question. So it's interesting. We already have the answers. Boy, this
0: Wise Mind thing. It's too bad you didn't get to Governor Cuomo sooner. Oh, right? (laughs) Many people could have benefited from Wise Mind a while back. Well, individually, though, how about making this analogy? As we see the numbers starting to drop in Mm -hmm. terms of the rate of infection for the pandemic and the hospitalizations Mm -hmm. and the deaths, you have some states that kind of ease into loosening the restrictions, and then you have Texas. No masks! All the businesses are open! Let's just go hog wild. Right. I think you have to make that kind of a distinction. Should I dip my toe Mm -hmm. into the water with this decision that I'm making, or am I going to dive in head first? And the truth, as with all things, probably lies somewhere in the middle.
1: Right. And also, you have to look at your pattern, too. Some people are more impulsive. They do make decisions impulsively, and they dive into things. right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. That's another question to ask yourself. Is this a pattern for me? Is this something that I do sometimes to shake things up? or because I don't want to feel a certain feeling, we have to also think about, is it that I'm running from a certain feeling or am I running towards something? That can make all the difference too. It's like, oh, am I running toward an opportunity that's good for me? Or am I just trying to get away from something that I just have a hard time tolerating right now, but I'm not quite sure I'm just jumping in. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that. So yeah, I think it's usually probably better to err on the side of caution and to really kind of sit and examine that and reflect on it. But sometimes, Brian, and I'm going to throw this out there, sometimes we have to take a leap of faith. Like if things are lined up, sometimes things can be risky. But if we've looked at all the angles and we're trying to say, OK, this would be a positive thing for me and I have my supports around me, sometimes we have to jump in and take a breathtaking action. That is what we call it in life coaching.
0: And just as we are saying, too, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. The opposite can be true, where you are just constantly in fear of trying something new. Right. You are stuck in what may be an unhealthy pattern. And mm-hmm. then you you just keep yourself there not opening yourself up to opportunities which might otherwise improve not only your overall life
1: But your mental health state as well. Right. And that's when you get paralyzed by the fear. There's a book that's written, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. A lot of times that's what it is. To be a different type of person, to take some big actions, we actually have to be uncomfortable for a little while because it's out of our comfort zone. That's another reason why talking to someone that you trust, not running this by 80 million people. My husband always makes a joke. Oh, when you have to make a decision, you're talking to your family, your friends, the neighbors, everybody. (laughs) And sometimes you get too many opinions back and it's too overwhelming. But picking a couple trusted people who have your best interests at heart. And also, this is where therapy can come in. There's been many times when I've given people a space to be able to process some of their options and help them to see if they're holding themselves back due to fear or if they have legitimate things that we need to kind of work through and to give them a space to figure that out.
0: For the Star Wars geeks, find your Yoda. Find your Jedi Master, perhaps in a therapist's office, and you are absolutely right. That person who goes and gets too many opinions, a lot of times, that is the person who is just looking for reinforcement for the bad decision that they know they're going to make. Mm -hmm. And they keep going to different people until they find the answer that they want, as opposed to what might be
1: the right answer. Right. Or they're just feeling so insecure about things, and they're just like, I don't know which direction to go, that they're hoping for someone to shed some light to say, okay, this is what you need to do, or being told what to do. And again, that's another form of, you're not taking action, but quote unquote, you're staying in motion because you're asking, you're preparing, you're taking a poll. But ultimately, we've got to take the action. So if you are trying to gear up for something, it's like knowing that ultimately, you do have to face that fear and take that step toward what it is that you want.
0: Let me give people an example from my own life, in which I did face a fear that mm-hmm. I never thought I would be able to overcome. Now, I'm not necessarily your guy for this. I'm not gonna jump out of a plane. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do anything like that. But I was always so painfully shy and socially awkward. I was one of those people that you would hear about where my fear of public speaking was number one and death was number two. I just could not take getting up in front of people. And when you consider what I'm doing right now, it has been a long journey to get there. But what I had to eventually do was, I was a communications major in college and I took a public speaking course and I was terrified. However, it was later, enough in my college career that I had a lot of friends in the class, a lot of fellow communications majors, Mm -hmm. so I was able to get up in front of them and even though it was a lot of people it was people that I knew and it was people that I knew I could make laugh, so I used that opportunity to try to make them laugh and the more laughs that I got suddenly it became like a drug Mm. and then it became, well, can I make people laugh who don't know me and I never in a million years would have ever thought that I would have the courage to do stand-up comedy. And I had so much respect for people who did it because think about the arrogance of walking in front of a room of strangers with one microphone, people that you don't know and say... I'm going to entertain you, I'm going to make you laugh. That takes a lot of ego. And it is one of the hardest things you will ever have to do in your life. And not only to make them laugh, to keep their attention Mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time. And it took me a very long time to get to that place But now, I can't even tell you that I get a little nervous. I mean, maybe a little bit. I get the butterflies Mm -hmm. when I get in front of people. But to me, it's adrenaline. I get excited to do it. So this thing that one time terrified me,
1: now is like my rocket fuel. Mm, Isn't that interesting? And it's so funny because entertainers do that all the time, too. There'll be one person who'll be like, oh, my gosh, my heart starts racing. I start sweating. I get so nervous to get up on stage. And I'm just like zoned right in on what I have to do. And then somebody else will say the exact same thing. They're like, oh, I'm so excited. Excited. My heart starts racing. My palms start sweating. I get zoned right in. And I'm so excited. It's like we can reframe things. And like you said, you made your comfort zone bigger. You were able to work through that to the point where you hit that tipping point where like, oh, I actually start to like this. I'm getting something back from this. But I
0: had to knock down a lot of walls did, yeah. to get there. And I had to use a sledgehammer to mm-hmm. do it. And you and I were just having a conversation yesterday, a private one. I was talking to you about the work that I did with Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live. When we were working on a show together that we were trying to cast, and I suggested to him one of his old castmates on SNL, Jan Hooks, and he revealed to me, oh, no, I can't work with her again. I love her to death. But she has the worst stage fright of anyone Mm -hmm. I have ever seen in my life to the extent that she would be vomiting backstage and when I told you this and when I heard it I was so taken aback because anybody who saw her perform it doesn't get any better than Jan Hux. and one of the key components to performing or being a broadcaster or anything is confidence if an audience senses weakness you're going to lose them with that Mm -hmm. and she was one of the most confident performers at least outwardly, outwardly that I've ever seen but inwardly she was a complete and total train wreck to the extent, too, that it led to substance abuse. And she did not live Mm -hmm. a very
1: long life, unfortunately, but she was really tortured by the thing that in some ways she loved. Right. That's really the hardest thing, too. I don't know her history at all, if she had any mental health treatment around that or anything like that, but that would have been something to get some intensive treatment around because it is, it's like a love-hate. She loved it. She probably felt so alive, but yet to have to get to that point, she had to go through some horrible things and feel awful every single time she would perform. And that's what happens too, is when we're not living according to our values or the things that we really want to do, or if we're having a really hard time with trying to push through that fear, we do reach for things to numb us and to help with that. And a lot of times it can be very unhealthy for us. So that's another reason to get more support around that too.
0: And for people who are afraid of performing in public speaking, I almost had to groom my wife into doing this because she ended up taking a very public job and had to get up in front of people and was terrified to do so. And the first thing that I, tell people is, nobody is as invested in what you're about to do as you are, mm-hmm. and nobody is over-examining it as much as you are either. And I said to her, because she has to give serious talks, I said, look, Honestly, and I'm not saying this as an insult, 85% of people aren't even paying attention, Mm -hmm. especially in this day and age. Their heads are somewhere else. They're looking at their phones. They're talking to somebody next to them. So then it becomes your challenge to grab their attention. Mm -hmm. And I told her because she had to do something that involved health and numbers and facts and figures. I said, you want to lose an audience? That's the quickest way to Mm -hmm. do it. Tell them a personal story. Tell them somebody that you know when she was working for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society She lost one of her best friends at the age of 10 years old. I said, you say that, you're going to get everybody's Mm -hmm. attention. And now that you have their attention... Hug at their heartstrings, hit them where they feel it the most. And to see the transformation of her being able to do that by practicing it, it's another example of if you put your mind to something, for as much as you may be afraid of it, I mean, she absolutely kills it now. Mm -hmm. You've seen her. There have been many roasts of yours truly that I have done for charity, and she has every one of them you can just feel the joy emanating mm-hmm. out of her as right. the laughs are cascading. Granted, <laughs> Against you. <laughs> yeah. And granted, I'm writing there. the material insulting myself, but she's so comfortable delivering yeah. it that people will gravitate to her mm-hmm. after the show to tell her what a great job she did. And right. all of the professional comedians are like, hey, we're over here too. <laughs> but they expect it from us. right? But to see that from somebody else, and that's why I would invite people to challenge themselves mm-hmm. in that way, as long as what they're pursuing is something healthy and not a knee-jerk decision to get back to what we're talking about.
1: Exactly. And I know similar to that, I would always get nervous when I would get up to speak. I used to do a lot of public speaking and motivational speaking, and I would get so nervous. I'd be like, oh my gosh, chattering and just like shaking. And finally, I had to reframe it. And this is something that sometimes can be helpful, just like the whole thing of thinking about how you're not going to please everyone all the time. Take some of these things off your shoulders. It's not going to happen. But if it's in you and you are really feeling this strong pull toward it and a passion for it, there's a reason for that. And I think that we should move forward on that. And it's going to be risky. Sometimes a lot of the things that we want to do to become better, to become more evolved. But when I would get up in front of people, I always would say to myself, this isn't so much about me. This is the material that I have and the thing that's coming through me. Something Somebody needs to hear this the way that I present it, but it's not about me, it's about them. So I would always reframe it as what is it that they need and let me bring this to them. Someone there needs this, what I'm saying. And it takes some of the pressure off.
0: Well, it's about the beneficial information mm-hmm. or it's about entertaining somebody mm-hmm. and you are merely a vessel a and vessel that's how you yeah. have to look mm-hmm. at it. Like I said, no matter how much you think you speak screw up, you're the only one who is beating yourself up about it for the rest of the day. Nobody else is even thinking about it for the rest of their lives.
1: Even if they notice it, they notice it and they move on. But we're the ones going, oh my gosh, did you see that? Did you hear me? I did this, I did that. Of course, Um, I will (laughs)
0: say this, having been on the radio for nearly 30 years, every time I have done what I believe to be the most brilliant bit ever, no one has ever heard it. But if I screw up once,
1: (laughs) everybody's heard it. Hey, I heard that (laughs) thing today. What the bleep heard? I was going to say, nobody listens that closely except for Troy. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yeah, they're right on it. Like, what's he saying now? But yeah, I think the point is that you need to do what's aligned with your values, the things that you've always wanted to do. And that is the thing we're trying to pull some of the silver lining out of all of this that we've gone through. People wanting to live more meaningfully and that is awesome. They want to say, you know what, why am I putting this off? Let me do the thing that's my dream. Let me go and do the things that I've always wanted to do. And that is great. It's just about making sure that, again, it's not a knee-jerk reaction, that you are running it through your filter and giving yourself some time for reflection. Maybe you journal about it. Maybe you, like I said, talk to trusted people. Give yourself some time to think and let it unfold. Go to Wise Mind and think about the consequences of things and what good things it'll bring to you and what you'll have to deal with. Really think it through, but definitely some Sometimes we just need to shake it up, but we need to do it in a way that's going to be healthy for us and for our lives. And sometimes
0: you need to take baby steps. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the fair, Courtney, maybe we should go down this road as we start getting ready to wrap up. There are going to be a lot of people who, once this pandemic is quote unquote over Mm -hmm. or some reasonable facsimile of that, who are going to be terrified of getting back out there on any level. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those people?
1: I talk to my clients who, even as the numbers come down, the hospitalization come down, they're very nervous to go out to get back out there with work and that kind of thing. And I just talk about just be very compassionate with yourself, go slowly, get some good information about the things that are happening. We do have the vaccines. That's really great news about that. I always tell people, talk to your doctors, especially there's a lot of apprehension about vaccines. I say, talk to your doctors about your specific health issues and that kind of thing. It's about taking small steps and getting back out there, doing what you're comfortable with, just like we talked about within the pandemic. There's people who were very comfortable with going everywhere and doing all sorts of stuff. And other people were like, oh, wait, whoa, I got to slow this down and keep my circle small. It's still going to be like that. Some people are going to be raring to go, throwing the masks out and getting right out there. And other people are going to need to take it slower. And that's OK. Have some understanding and compassion for yourself and go at your own pace.
0: When it comes to going back to work, I do use the pandemic as an excuse. I say yeah, I'm too afraid to get back to work when the reality is I just don't want to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll stay here. That's okay.
0: I'll they a vaccine <laughs> for that. we get Johnson &
1: Johnson on that? He needs a double dose, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Courtney, thank you so much. Very informative. And I'm sure people may have some other questions for you. And if they want to contact you, how can they do so?
1: Absolutely. You can always email me, wellness at WCTK.com. And you can come see us on the Wellness Wednesday page at catcountry.com. We have lots of great resources up there for you. You can definitely contact me if you have any questions.
0: At Cat Country Mornings on a lot of the social. She Courtney Kelly or Courtney Kelly Bedard on some. I Brian Mulhern on all at Brian Cat Country on Twitter. And in terms of telling people to find the podcast and listen to it, you can Mm -hmm. just Google Coping on the Couch Mm -hmm. with Courtney and Brian. And there you can link up to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on your smart devices. Everywhere, Brian. We might not be the smartest people in the world, (laughs) but you can hear us on a smart device. And you can hear us everywhere. (laughs) No one's ever called me a smart device. They've called me a dumb tool. (laughs) I can tell you that. Well, episode 40 in the books. Here's to many, many more. Thank you so much for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to talk about.